What's up? What's going on? What Not is much? this? What's what? What's all this color you've got behind you? I don't, I don't know about this. Oh, these um, I got when I went to the Alamo Draft House. This is Frankenstein. They, I went like at Halloween, so it was like full of fucking candy. Uh, and then this is uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Did you get uh, sexually assaulted while you were at the Alamo Draft House? Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making myself available, but, you know. <laughs> You're doing doing your best. That's right. You know, just gotta. It'll happen. Just, yes, it, gotta, it will happen. Your, just gotta keep putting yourself out there. That's. <laughs> Oh, that's a lovely way to start the day, Saturday morning. I have a friend, a jazz musician, trumpet player, really terrific. I go and hear him jam every month or so, and he plays this piece I love, an old Chet Baker song. And he blows the same notes every time, but every time it sounds different. And we had drinks one night when I used to drink. And I tried to tell him how that song made me feel, how the music made me feel, and how his playing made me feel. And he just kept shaking his head and he said, Joan, you can't talk about music. Talking about music is like dancing about architecture. I just said, well, you're gonna get all philosophical on me. It's just as pointless as talking about a lot of things. Love, for instance. And my friend laughed and he said, definitely, most definitely, talking about love is like dancing about architecture. I don't know. You might be right. But it ain't gonna stop me from trying. Oh, by the way, I finally listened to the Hellboy episode. Rough. The one time <laughs> the one time a guest talks about men's hair and Mike is like, What are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't there something else going on, like the end of the world or something? Like he also has horns and you're concerned about his hairline. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean it was good to have like a year and a half where I opened that <laughs> file on my hard drive. I'm like, what was this? What was it so fresh? <laughs> <laughs> what am I listening to? Oh uh, my god! Speaking of which, I tried to get pop culture case study, the archived footage of playing by heart. Not there. Doesn't exist anymore. Even you don't have it on your nope. hard drive. Do so you know what that See, means? This is- that means we have why... to do a fresh take. We have to do an Our... actual conversation. Good? Well, good, because, like, two things. One, this is why you don't end a podcast when you're depressed, because you're just like, fuck it, I don't care. Just close the show. <laughs> I, I really do hold that against... Not not killing the show. I totally understand that. But the fact yeah. that now as everything's recall, lost. As I recall, like, I feel... I thought I had copies of it. Like, I was sure I did, but they're, like... So that's why I was just like, fuck it, I have this. Close the show. Sure, didn't yeah, check. Yeah. You know, and then I went back and I, you know, I have everything from like episode 130 on or something like that. But, but that was like, I'm kind of glad it's gone because that was like, that was way far back. That was like episode 43 <laughs> or something. Like, I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't know. I probably didn't have a guest. It was probably just me rambling for 45 minutes. Like, ugh, yeah. I don't and know. now I'm yeah. kind of kicking myself because, uh, you and some of our other, podcast friends that have you know they've moved on to different shows or they're not even doing shows it used to be on my phone if i liked an episode i would just mm. keep it on my phone and then i'm like all right this is getting unreasonable like this is too many too many <laughs> right. old things i've listened to they'll be there if i want i'll just you know search for it ah. nope not there nope. 
gone, gone, gone. So here yeah, I we checked are. through my Google Drive. I checked through my Dropbox, like my my old uh, um, externals, like nothing. I was like, fuck. I even used it. to keep. I used to keep the raw recordings the unedited stuff for a long time that's a lot of space but then yeah then i was like okay that you know i'm not gonna am i really gonna like spend the time resources money to like nope. have the so i do have i probably and i unfortunately and this is a good reminder i don't think i've backed up mm. all my episodes to like cloud storage like some right. i probably should do that probably. or not <laughs> depending on how i feel yeah. about the old yeah. episodes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Unbelievable. Do you think that's one of the uh, one of the many reasons that podcasts as an art form will never be taken seriously? Because there there is that practical limitation of you have to pay to have this available. It's like yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not something that it feels like a life sentence once you start one. Where it's like, okay, if I quit this, that means all the work I put into it is gone, unless I keep paying the, yeah. <laughs> to host it. Yep. Yep. And you know as well as I do, paying to host stuff that if you're not actively producing more of it, what what is the you know, how many hits are you getting on things that you're not promoting, you're not doing anymore? Other than Very me. Few. You get a random message from me, hey, playing by hearts on sale on iTunes. Where's your podcast <laughs> on it from five years ago? <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. We'll, we'll just do it. like that never happened. And uh, we'll just this is my first, my first recorded take playing by art. Well, the, well, I mean, it certainly, I guess, will be for me because I was like, oh, I wanted to go back and revisit it now that the movie's fresh in my mind. Can't. So I'll just ask you any questions I would have. It's like I'm just doing a, uh, you know, this interview. is a live show of pop culture case study. <laughs> One night only. <laughs> for all the super fans, <laughs> all the four people who really missed it. I did see uh, Tim from First Time Watchers uh, hounding you about, yeah, about it like, again. Jesus. Did he even like your show when it was around, though? I'm, I'm going to play that uh, poser card on Tim. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, like, if I cared, I could go back and search <laughs> on Twitter. Wait a minute. Second uh, question. Did you even, were you even a fan of pop culture? No, so no. You were producing I lived at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> but that's why I stopped. If I was a true fan, it never would have stopped. But all I remember from Tim was him complaining and disagreeing with me. Like, I just think he likes to fight. Uh, and I think he misses mm, that a sparring partner. I see. Yeah, I get you. So he's he's he should thank you because he is the person who comments most on my letterboxd uh, reviews because he always has something to say about them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's good either. Uh, you know, we're very fickle creatures. We we want an audience. We get an audience. We don't like them. Yeah, not that <laughs> audience. <laughs> Can't I pick a choose? <laughs> I, you know, the other thing as I was finishing up this movie uh, this morning was we are kind of crossing over into crazy, stupid love territory. I mean, this is crazy, okay. stupid love you know, for the I, 90s. Immediately, as I was watching, I was like, this is like the start of the show all over again. Yeah. <laughs> like 19 couples. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the mistake no. is made again where it's like, all right, an ensemble piece where there's a, uh, I think all of them have a meet cute. Maybe not the couple that's celebrating 40 years together not um not the uh the the couple who's having trouble you know who might be getting divorced although he has have... dennis quaid has many meet cutes with various hmm. other people that are... yeah if you call <laughs> talking about murdering your son and... <laughs> dude so this has a fantastic <laughs> opening cute. sequence as a teenager i thought this was the coolest shit ever i'm probably the only person on the planet even people who are associated with playing by heart 
that was like, this movie's so fucking cool because Dennis Quaid comes in and tells this poor what Patricia Clarkson, uh, yeah, yeah. thankless, thankless role of sad sack at the bar who has to listen to this nonsense about an alcoholic who's late to Pizza Hut night with his family. <laughs> Which is already the first problem, like Pizza Hut. Come yeah. on, man. I, you know, not, not to already get into the weeds as we, you know, or I tend to do, but you know, he's saying that he's an alcoholic who was late. He was rushing. Well, if he ends up colliding with his wife and child on the way to They're Pizza, late too. yeah, that was that was my thought. I'm glad you felt that way. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's a family. Maybe you should have slowed down, buddy. Family of tardiness here. <laughs> Everyone has a little bit of the fault. She wouldn't be dead. So, you know. (laughs) So the movie kind of dramatically sets it up. He comes into the, you know, bar, you know, neon sign bar, and then leaves in the rain after telling this horrible story. But then the movie is not that, right? I mean, quickly, (laughs) quickly we disavow that bit of business and you realize like, oh, he's like, um, you know. Heath Ledger's Joker before that existed. He's a guy who likes to bullshit. He likes to tell different origin stories over and over again. That's kind of cool. Look, I'm sorry, but... No, no, you have to go. I'm already just two hours late. You're leaving me, too. It's okay. Really? I just go. Go. Until the day I die, I'll remember that story. Yeah, listen. Listen. You have been swell listening to me like this. That you'll think twice about striking up a conversation in this bar again, huh? Take care, all right? But once I really, really mean that, I do. Taxi money. Don't even think of allowing that guy to drive. I'm a lawyer. I'll hunt you down. Playing by heart. Dave's back. For this film. For this movie. You know... I thought, like, okay, I've been this programming. This is how Mike reels me in. He's like, been... you know, you haven't recorded a long time. We should start doing that again. Maybe we should do, like, your favorite movie ever. How about uh, that, Dave? Okay. Uh, your favorite movie that no one else gives a shit about. No one else has heard of. <laughs> Except for me. I think that was one of our, our early of uh, conversations. Our friendship. Yeah. Where it was, you know, I mentioned it, and you not only said, I've heard of this, not only said I've seen it, but enjoyed it. And I was like... I still own oh. my uh, DVD copy of it. It's on you my do. shelf. Yeah. Although, and then that, that's actually a pretty big like compliment to this movie because I don't believe I, there's any special features. I think it's yeah. pretty bare bones. I, so there might be a trailer, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, actually we'll see after this conversation how long it sits on my shelf because the reason also for this is it was on sale on iTunes for five bucks in HD. Mm-hmm. Probably don't have any real reason to hang on to a DVD copy. I, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. It will never be played. <laughs> why yeah. would i play the dvd version other than you know as a, a sign of our friendship dave that i have yes. that on my shelf with a little a clearance tag on there for like 2.99 from some video store going out of business I love how it's cheaper on physical than it was <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. on itunes I'll have to check and when see. it was on sale mm-hmm. i'll have to check and see if it's got any sort of uh cinema value to anyone but i was a little concerned as much as i was excited to check it out again mm-hmm as I told you, I hadn't really, like, I'd seen it a few times, but it was all when I was, like, either a teenager or maybe early 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd not, it had been a while. And it, I'd always had, like, fond memories of it. Right. Fond feelings. And there were, like, key sequences I remembered as we, I mentioned the Dennis Quaid opener, <laughs> Pizza Hut Night. Uh remembered that. And uh, I remembered liking Connery's segment quite a bit, just because it kind of, it deviates from what I 
expected as far as like yeah. they introduced this couple. It seems like, oh, wow, they've been married for four decades. And uh, this is like not a renewal. This is like the end. Like they are hashing out Oof. everything that happened, everything that was said or unsaid. It's being, <laughs> you know, relitigated. Some hemlock. Oh, please don't deprive the kids of their mother. Well, I'm not making it for me. Oh, that's the Hannah that I know. Well, you seem to know me a lot better than I know you. You know that's not true. Do you remember what you told the kids about falling in love? No. Oh, I do. You said that the wonderful thing about falling in love is that you learn everything about that person and so quickly. And if it's true love, then you start to see yourself through their eyes. And it brings out the best in you. It's uh, almost as if you're falling in love with yourself. I said that? Hmm. Well, 25 years ago, I needed to feel that again. To feel that I was worth loving. Because somehow I knew that would be my last time to have that particular feeling. And uh, yet, it still maintains like a sweetness. Like it's you know, yeah. there's the sweet and sour in that that couple. I didn't remember too much about Scully and uh, Daily Show. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> didn't <laughs> that one was kind of a blank. Which I think as a teenager probably is right because there's, yeah. there's not a ton of passion in that one. It's very it remains very cold until it, it gets lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe because you have John Stewart as the heartthrob there, maybe it can only dial up to yeah. I lukewarm. love there's all this like, oh, he's too good to be true. And no, oh, he's the perfect, he's the architect. By the way, like it's John Stewart. I mean, I like John Stewart, but it's like, it's John Stewart. Well, John like, Stewart is a pre daily show too. You know, it's not yeah. like it's John Stewart with reverence. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. he's like the modern Walter Cronkite for this nation. No, it was John Stewart where it's like, why do they keep Heart forcing from the John Stewart? Stewart show. Yeah. Like, mm, it seems uh, like uh, really. Miramax is really trying to make that happen and no one's, no one's biting on it. Um, and who else? Of course, the big one. Uh, Angelina Jolie. This was like, and this was Angelina Jolie like on the come up too, where it's like, yeah. oh, she's going to be a movie star. And it's kind of a movie star role. Like she's, she's, yeah. she opens the film with the much better title, Dancing About Architecture, playing by heart, such a, you know, such a thankless title like that's gonna be confused yeah, but, with so many different things yeah but if you're if you're looking you know granted this is way back when this movie was released if you're looking through the <laughs> listings for, i'm loving this or, or winter 1998 phone. box office yeah. mojo dave <laughs> yeah. i mean are you gonna go see playing by heart or dancing about architecture like that doesn't sound like anything that sounds like i i mean i agree with you it's a it's a tough title but at least it's like a what the fuck kind of title so just stand out playing sure. by heart yeah. You know, it's it's just rom-com. I just call it rom-com, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it might as well. Is. It's interesting, like, you mentioned, like, you know, watching this for the first time since, you know, your 20s. And this is a movie, like, I go back to a lot. Like, this is this is my litmus test for uh, for people who come into my life romantically. I'm like, okay, we're going to watch this. Like, I'm going to see oh, how okay, you... Okay, no, act. that's interesting. Like, are you talking about as a whole, or are you trying to see which part of the ensemble no, they gravitate whole, towards okay just, just as a like this is a movie i enjoy i'm going to share it with you and this is the first time i've watched it being single um so it was a very different experience no no better no worse like i still enjoyed it i still i still Come love on, this Dave, movie, but it, bad podcasting tell us tell I, us it's, your, it's so much it's better it's so much worse <laughs> 
No, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a different experience, though. Like, instead of, like, maybe judging your current relationship based on, like, you know, where where it fits in these relationships, maybe it makes you look forward to the future and gives you a little bit of hope. Because you have, as you mentioned, you have a little bit of everything. You have, you know, the Angelina Jolie, Ryan Philippe uh, characters who are just starting, right? So you have that. Even if there are trials and tribulations there, you have that passion. You have that automatic physical connection. And then you have Jenna Rollins and Sean Connery, who have been through the ringer. Like they have, they have had their problems, and now they're having new problems. Things are coming to light, and they're trying to figure all this stuff out. You know, one of them may be dying. Like it is, it's heavy. So I like that it kind of runs the gamut. And then you have, you know, the kind of Jay Moore uh, subplot, which is about familial love, and it's not necessarily about romantic love. So it, it I think. This is one of those movies that, for me, has something for everyone, as long as you don't get too wrapped up in... Because it is a romance, you know, and everything that goes along with it. And it and it doesn't... I like the fact that it doesn't shy away from that. Like, it never tries to be cynical or tries to be cool. It just kind of lays it all out for you. But if you're not in that mindset, it can be tough, I think, because it is a very sweet movie. Yeah. Um, the mindset I was in... I'm pretty damn skippy when I was... 16 and watch this for the first time that uh this was angelina jolie is cute with like red so hair like yep. you know dyed yep. red hair and uh boy i like the way she just talks and talks and talks and that's you know just and that, now as an old as an old man i'm like oh, oh i'm tired <laughs> like, feel, like i think as you get older like you understand ryan philippe's character a lot more because he has all these lines where it's like does anyone talk when they're <laughs> oh my god will you shut up like and especially as someone who is uh who is dated and lived with theater majors like i'm like oh okay oh yeah this is uh this kind of what it's like <laughs> That's so strange, and that's I, I really wanted to d dive into the personal aspects for both of us a lot more because it, it did, you know. I think rom coms in general, and uh, I've done I've done a pretty poor job of programming on this podcast. I mean, we've had Suspiria and Hellboy as two recent episodes where I'm like, look, uh, none of this sweet. applies to anything in real but I'm life. Make it work, <laughs> yeah. I'll because by God, you know, I, I can't come out and just expose myself. Well, I can, but I shouldn't. Like, <laughs> especially on a podcast. I don't know why I said especially on a podcast. Probably especially in real life, I shouldn't. But yeah. podcast, <laughs> podcast. All right, that's you know whatever. But I'm I'm watching it now, and I I found I think with a lot of things when you revisit it, like I, I didn't like it less, but I liked it in a different way mm -hmm. than I did when I was when I was young because I think you're looking at some of the scenarios almost like science fiction, where it's like you can in movie terms. I can feel for Jenna Rollins and Sean Connery as far as like what they're going through, but I have no basis for it. Right, it's like, right. it's just some sort of concept. Whereas <laughs> now I find that Angelina Jolie is Joan out. Like, I mean, she is doing her like first date, blind date talk show guest. I'm going to make an impression on you right. thing. And now I'm here's like, my elevator pitch for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think now I probably would be like, unfortunately I'm, I'm John Stewart. I'm like, I give me, you know, Scully, give me the Meredith character. I hope it's okay for me to say this, but you strike me as someone who's been burned romantically. Scalded. Repeatedly. Married? 
divorced. Yes. But that was a long time ago. And believe it or not, one of my better experiences. <laughs> well, let me guess. Uh, he was either involved with somebody else, or gay, or crazy. Actually, yes. Involved with someone else? Crazy? No, he was gay. Wow, really? I mean, I'm sorry. No. I mean, I'm not sorry. I mean, <laughs> uh... Save me? It's okay. He was a great guy. I married the boy next door, literally. They were 19, it didn't last very long. Couldn't, of course. I haven't seen him in a long time, but, uh, but we're still friends. Which is more than I can say for the parade of total losers that followed. Are there any, uh, recent or current losers? No. I've been in a holding pattern where romance is concerned. But things can change quickly. I'm sorry. This is uh, going a little too quickly for me. I can go slow. Look, Tren, you're a nice guy. I'm. Oh. oh. That's, you know. What? I'm swimming ashore. You can call the Coast Guard. Oh, come on. Nice guy? Uh, I haven't been dismissed with that since high school. Does that mean no second date? I have a hard time trusting men. I'm not men. Not a group, just me. He probably has a lot of women after him. So? So? Look, you know, you seem to want honesty, so I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really have a problem getting dates. But I'm 38 years old. I don't just want dates anymore. I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want all of this calculated artificiality. This isn't me, Trent. This dress, these stupid little bows in my hair. And look at you. I mean, I don't imagine you sitting around your house in an Armani suit, do you? No. My house is black tie. <laughs> because what I would have found is kind of maybe boring or put upon as a young man, where it's like, oh, she's distant. And, you know, they're going to do this little tap dance of will they or won't they. Like, it felt mm -hmm. forced. I think as an older person, I was far more understanding of, like, basically laying out there, like, please stop with the dog and pony show. Like, you know, I, I see all the strings, and right. I, I keep kind of telling you, guy who's being, being perfectly nice and perfectly flirty and polite, and you're doing all the right things, but you're not really engaging with me as a person. Right. You're, you're engaging Forget with... Forget the stupid bows. Like, right. You're, just you're engaging real. with the idea of first date material, and it's kind of getting on my nerves. And I think as a teenager, right. I found her to be like, oh, well, she's a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of pain in the ass. And now but I'm she's like, she's... Very, like, I remember I, have, I had kind of a similar experience when I first watched it. Like, she's very standoffish, um, whether she has her reasons to be or not. Like, especially as a teenage boy, like, you don't understand pain you don't understand like <laughs> trauma and there's a there's a moment later where you know he says like no i'm not going to apologize i didn't do anything wrong and as a teenage boy i was like yeah that's right and now i'm like dude come on let's just uh, make me cringe break, a little buddy. Like, you're not perfect you are a divorced you know you're the architect of your ex-wife's misfortune let's just uh let's calm down there buddy and don't don't come so hard at uh jillian anderson like she's 
she's been through it. Like, let's let her figure it out and figure out if this is the relationship for her. But instead, he's very, he's very confident, maybe more confident than a, that era John Stewart has any right to be. It's really uh, uh, wearing but, his wealth even before the film sort of establishes how wealthy he is. They're almost just saying Code Architect is like really rich. Rich guy. Yep. His Armani suit, like, you know. I don't necessarily, you know, agree with it to the extent this film displays it. But, yeah, like, uh, she falls down in a bookstore. I mean, very quaint. She's there for her latest issue of Theater Week or whatever. um, And falls down due to uh, some sort of abstract construction. It's basically like this set. They just put up a curtain and they're like, we're doing things. Here are guys with belts and hammers. Like, you know. (laughs) Look, this movie does not have the budget for construction work. I mean, yeah. Unless they're in like a nightclub or uh, you know at the parents' house, like even poor uh, Angelina Jolie's apartment looks like set from like <laughs> Friends, like the Lost episode. Here's like the cheap version of Friends. Like it's like we have cat yeah. and we have some books on a we shelf. One eyed cat. Yeah, and that's it. That's what we got. <laughs> but yeah, even in that sequence, she falls down, and you know they're like, "All right, guys, let's like you know make sure lift this up, lift this magazine shelf off her." Before she even catches her breath, he's like, all right, let me make it up to you. I'll take you to dinner. I'm like, hey, whoa, <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, where is this coming, coming from? Is this how people <laughs> meet, meet people? I think this film, unfortunately, or fortunately. Should you know, I just be waiting around for furniture to fall on women? Yes, is that what? like, you know, this for people who hate <laughs> Now's my moment. <laughs> this definitely displays a lot of the tropes in the sense of like, is that really how people like, it just happens, baby. You just, you know, you bump into someone or you're yelling at your ex on a phone and this blue-haired, cute guy behind you has quarters to give you. It's just, it's a little too cute at times. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, like you talk about, like, the the characters you resonate with the most change as you age. And I think it, you know, definitely changed for me, not only based on my age, but, like, you know, what you go through personally. Because, like, as you know, I've gotten a divorce. Uh, and Yeah, you, so- you happen to do it. After you know we started this podcast on rom coms, yeah. now I have you to live. I have to That's live with really the guilt. I'm like, hey, why do you think I'm trying to program like Hellboy? I'm like, Dave, you want to talk about love this week? Uh, probably not. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but the you know, of course, the uh, the Dennis Quaid. Uh, what's the actress? Is Madeline Stowe? Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that relationship's very interesting to me, especially at the end, because it kind of talks about like we. You know, relationships aren't perfect. There's going to be fights. There's going to be disconnection. And but there are all these moments where you can it's not going to fix it. But there's these there's these choice points where you can try, you know, and I, and that is really powerful to me because I'm sure like in in my marriage, there are many moments where I could have tried harder or she could have tried harder and we could have like figured things out. But we never did like we and we ended up drifting apart and ending the relationship um, for better or worse. And so it's it's interesting to see those moments. And I like the fact that in this movie, he doesn't take advantage of every moment. Like there are there's a moment between them where he's like washing dishes and she just comes home and you could tell they both still have feelings for one another, but neither one of them takes that chance. And then she goes off and goes to bed without him and he, you know, finishes up doing chores or whatever. But then there's a moment at the at the, at the wedding where they dance together and they just have a moment together. And that's really nice to see that like, there's that growth of those characters. Cause it'd be very easy. I think to make a movie where all these people end up together. And then you have one example of things not working, you know, but instead they said like, we're not going to tell you if it's working or not, but like this could be a moment and this could be a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably struggle the most with, uh, Keenan and Joan, um, our, our youngest couple, um, I mean, and there's some stuff that ages, 
you know, this came out in the late nineties, but man, we're, you know, we're doing, you know, we're doing our version of rent where AIDS is like mm-hmm. the boogeyman. And I mean, not that it wasn't for a time, but it even feels like it was kind of a little bit late to be like breaking yeah. that out. I don't know, but that also speaks to how late Hollywood is to even dealing with something that was ravaging its own community. Um, mm-hmm. And so. it's especially late considering there's this whole thing of him being like, well, I can never have sex again. I'm like, mm. I mean, you can have like, condoms are a thing. It's the late Not 90s. in this world. <laughs> like there are plenty of people who are HIV positive who are having sex safely in the late 90s. Like, but this whole like, and it was, I, but it was, it is a very youthful reaction to it. Like I remember when I was, when I was in high school, I had an STD scare and I had to go get tested and. I was convinced it was a death sentence and convinced it was like the end of love and the end of physical connection. But like, you know, you look at it and you're like, uh, dude, it's really not like you just do what you should have been doing anyway. Is wearing condoms. I mean, this is, um, I mean, it's playing with that trope of the breakup, but in this case, I think in almost every relationship, all four of the relationships we hear romantically, uh, it's an accelerant (laughs) to like get us quickly back. Cause you know, his, with his character, it's like, I have to have this wall up because anyone I start to care about, I'm going to know them. So we're dooming them, even if we're careful not to, like, contracting a disease, uh, but to a lifestyle, especially with the way Angelina Jolie plays it, that you would think she's not going to be accustomed to. She seems very open, uh, you know, very sex positive type person, very forward. And so, yeah, that's going to be – and I do like that the film – I think she even says, like, hey, yeah, this is not, not going to be gonna easy. It's going to be hard for me. But, yeah. yeah. Um and you know you have you have other characters like Dennis Quaid who seems fully capable of tapping into you would think you would think it would be transferable his improv class where he is going off and telling these horrible stories to people like he's he's fine with doing his he's doing the version of Don Draper that people forget about Don Draper which is that he was a sad sack drunk in a lot of yeah. like a lot of episodes yeah. in a lot of seasons he wasn't always just betting women and it was glorious he was very depressed and puking on himself. <laughs> like, yep. And Dennis Quaid, this version of that character of Hugh, that seems to be what he gravitates toward. It's this weird sort of self-punishment that, oh, I can go out and be anyone. I'm going to go out and be a scumbag who murdered his right. wife and son. <laughs> I'm going to go out and be someone who cheated on his wife and seems with to, her brother, with her brother and seems to revel in the, the sort of like tabloid esque quality of that story. Not that I just broke this woman's heart, but that I've done it in this way that it's like, oh, I can one up any story anyone's got. And what's the other one? Isn't it like the 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 like the <laughs> network executive must see TV? Yeah, Friends yeah. and Seinfeld. Yeah, maybe the most dated reference in the mm-hmm. film. Sure. Like, oh man, yeah. But you're right. Every one. I don't think I realized that that every one of his stories, like none of them. Not even happy. None of them are even like <laughs> middle of the road. They're all like, I got fired and my wife left me. I killed my wife and son. I destroyed my marriage. Like, just, oh my God, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it, in that way, it is a little more subversive. If you, you know, because I, I kept thinking of Crazy Stupid Love, not only for, you know, how we started this podcast, one of our earliest recordings. And also because Playing by Heart does the twist better than, uh, than that. <sighs> the twist better see i don't even i I feel like it's more earned like the whole like oh these people are actually connected these are these people are family where you don't i mean i kind of agree with you and kind of disagree with you in the sense that what i like more as i will say it's better about playing by heart is i feel like they're not even playing it so much as a twist like i feel like they've given you enough that 
you're expecting. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. Like when it, like, I don't think I was ahead of the movie and going like, oh, these people are obviously all related. But when it happened, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Where as in, as in the other, you're kind of like, wait, what? Well, they they did the little word play where they're like, you know, calling her like their own daughter, like Nana. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's I was like, like <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> but the Dennis Quaid character, if you know, you're comparing him to Steve Carell, where he is the the one who realizes that Madeline Stowe's wife is stepping out on him, and his way of dealing with that is to be someone else. But he's not he's not doing the like you know typical you know football watching American male like well I'm gonna go out and get mine. He, Steve Carell of all people, it's not Dennis Quaid. Steve Carell in Crazy Steve Love is the one who goes one through nine and notches his belt <laughs> like you know. <laughs> He's got the right. Chewbacca belt he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> but Dennis Quaid goes out and it's just, I think he is the, like the most interesting character for what you said earlier, where his arc is the one that for a rom-com you're expecting that big forgiveness scene from right. one of the other two people who think that they know and see each other, but they don't at all. Like they don't really bother to look like it makes them uncomfortable to look at the other one because it's a reflection of all their faults in this marriage. And yeah, like it is also the one that you don't really know how it's going to work out. So for all my problems as an adult now that I, I have with Angelina Jolie, like in a lot of the speech to find that they have in car and bed, it's like, we just have to love each other forever, love each other most. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm cringing a little bit. Cause I'm like, wow, you're awful young. Like, yeah, <laughs> see, this is the thing I noticed this time that I mean, I'm sure I've noticed it before, but it never really like resonate with me. It's like, man, these, this family says I love you real quick. Like along with anger ball. Most, most of these couples, except for the the one who may be getting divorced and the ones who are getting, you know, renewing their vows, like they've known each other for like a couple weeks and they're like, I love you. Because like, whoa, like Jillian Anderson drops the first I guess I love you for uh John Stewart surprisingly being in her bed while she's away at a funeral and he answers the phone. She doesn't even know he's gonna be at the house. Like, how did he get a key? Like, what? look, he's he's dog sitting this horse that she has. So I understand, you know, you're not going to read him the ride act because it's like, right. whatever makes the horse happy. But yeah, she she drops I love you. And, you know, and what is her thing? Is that like, you is know, is it too late to say I love you? And he says it's early. But then hangs up hang, on her. How dare you treat Jillian Anderson this way? Have you ever, like, I don't, I don't think the world operates where people like after they, 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 they are like, you know, and they're, they're dealing with death, you know, like it's a, a previous lover of hers, uh, the Jay Moore character who, uh, eventually would come out, uh, to her and then they still were on friendly terms and, you know, he's just died. So I understand that she's, you know, emotions are all over the place, but if I break out that I love you, Oh, and you're also at my home. I didn't expect that. And Stuart, he, he does the Han Solo. He does the basically like, I know. Yeah. And then click. <laughs> He spends more time talking to the dog in bed than he does her in that state. Right, then you have Ryan Philippe who has said maybe 20 words the whole movie. I admit to, to loving Angelina Jolie's character when they're in the car. like And still doing the, like, I can't be with you. Do you like him in this role? Because I, I don't know if it fits his skill set. It, it doesn't at all. I mean, he's I he's there to be a pretty face, honestly. I, I don't think this got role cool blue hair. demands much. Yeah, he's got good hair. You know, he dances by himself and cries a bit you know, there wasn't a whole lot on imdb trivia and that's like one of four things that he showed up to the set day one didn't tell anyone and had just 
He just said, I'm going to have blue hair for this. That was not something that's... Good for him. <laughs> Thankfully, the director, who apparently yeah. has a background mostly in animation, like, you look at his, like, top credits as, like, the brave little toaster goes to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seems like a laid-back dude. It's like, cool, blue hair. Awesome. All right. Let's roll I can, make, I can work with that. <laughs> yeah. Fine. It looks great. Yeah. No, it works. And it, you know, it works that, you know, the two of them would be attracted to one another like that. You know, that makes sense. They seem like similar types of people, but like he, you know, but again, like, you know, the whole movie, it's, it's very much her pursuing him, which is like, you know, the ultimate white male fantasy, like Angelina Jolie, you know, young 20 something Angelina Jolie, just like, I will not leave this man alone until he comes home with me. Like, oh, hey, let's not, let's not right box people in white male white female fantasy at that time i don't know yeah every person's fantasy at that time yeah absolutely um but you know he basically says nothing and he you know lets her ramble on and on and then all of a sudden it's agrees to go on a date to texas chainsaw massacre like everyone does very romantic uh and then you know admits to you know later admits to loving her as he's locked in her car and i I did have this (laughs) moment of like man if you switch the genders of the scene Oh boy, this is, I'm not letting you leave. I like the way you're thinking, Dave, because, you know, women have not taken their lumps enough on screen. (laughs) Let's go out and take that from them, too. Um, I don't know. I I think I had a, the only issue I had with that, I mean, if you're using it just so he'll talk to you. Do you know how long I've waited for somebody I care about to say that they love me? If you think you're getting out of this car, you're insane. You know, that's, that's a, <laughs> like, you know, then it does start to feel like some sort of weird interrogation where it's like, I have you for 24 hours, then I have to release you. <laughs> right. And there are just other actors that I think, uh, you know, shout out to Hiro because he, man, does he hate uh, Casey Affleck and his, like, when he's, like, in his quiet phase. But I look at someone like that, or probably more in the pretty boy sense, I look at someone like, you know, Gosling before Crazy Stupid Love, oh, who yeah, really loved absolutely. having zero dialogue. Probably that would have been, if you could, you know, merge the timelines that's probably the ideal person yeah, for that role i could totally see that so do you have a favorite like meet cute in this movie like we have at least two or three so is there one that like that that really works for you because i mean you had uh you had a lot to say about negative to say about the uh the architect uh <laughs> um, ridiculous meet cute the, the ellen uh bursting and jay moore the like hey We've never been honest, you know, as a family relationship. How about I we never just loved your father? That one. I'm like, well, you know, because uh, you expect, especially at that time period, Jay Moore, like, is a comedian. And so he's, you know, trying on the dramatic hat. But you expect in that sequence, oh, he's going to be one of some, like, snappy lines. Like, when he opens that door. And the movie, like I said, it deviates a lot of times from what I expect, even on the rewatch, where once he opens that door, it's mainly his mom doing the talking. It's And I, I like that. Like, it's it was refreshing and it i think she's to me she's my favorite character in the movie she's phenomenal um, and she always is i mean ellen burton yeah is... that's not a you know it's not a surprise or sexy pick there like that would probably wh- who would that be anthony edwards if i came out like, and said hey that, he's that, my favorite that would be gutsy <laughs> the philandering priest <laughs> like... he's got an interesting life you know <laughs> like no more about him um but you know there are just oh, so many I, scenes still bangs this lady on the side i'm I'm interested in this guy's story. Yeah, and then he like looks at his kids one day and is like, Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, Man, you are you are all over the place. Like what <laughs> what is happening with you? Yeah, get it together. <laughs> uh but yeah, the character of Mildred, um, who is getting to know her her basically her gay son, 
like for the first time as an adult. Um, obviously, it's not like he like lost all of like the things that he probably had in his youth that he shared with his mother, but the brutal honesty that somehow still managed to be you know sweet. This is not. You know, it's not before midnight. It's not eyes wide shut where it's like, let's have a starkly honest conversation that's going to terrify the other person. And it's different, right? Because it's a mother and son. Mm. But just the way they sort of roll with things. And she is even at his funeral. You know, it's, it's just a really sad moment where um, she even tells you know his former wife, his best friend, uh, played by Jillian Anderson, that, uh, you know, I would like to have known these people in this life. Like, you know, even if it, right. you know, even if she's not saying like, She's not even coming out and saying, like, I would have been totally cool with everything. But she's like, right. you know, it would have been worth it. It would have been worth it knowing, even if it would have, like, kind of scared me. Yeah, it just I would have liked the opportunity. Yeah. Like, it's not saying, like, I would be perfect, but, like, I'd like, I'd like to have had the opportunity to make those mistakes, you know, or to not make those mistakes mm -hmm. or to be a good parent or to be a bad parent. But because of the, the silence and the family not dealing with things, like, she was never given that opportunity until he was on his deathbed, you know, and it's – it's 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 a surprisingly heavy plot line uh, in the midst of I mean, it's interesting because all these other plot lines are relatively light, even the ones that surround like, you know, people might be dying, relationships might be ending. It's still like very much the kind of rom-com standard and like things are kept pretty light. And I think, you know, a lot of that is due to the cast. Like when you have Sean Connery playing that role, like he is very gifted at taking heavy topics and kind of joking about them and kind of putting in his little, his little jabs and like kind of playing his Sean Connery self. So that stuff all really works, but a little bit of trivia the... there. He uh, took $60,000 to play this part solely because, uh, he, from what it said that he had not been offered the opportunity to play a man, his own age in a relationship with a woman, his own age. And he wanted to play that. And I'm like, Whoa, who, who are Whoa. you? Like, aren't you the guy that, you know, once gave an interview where you talked about, you know, it's good to slap women. Like, where did this yep. come from? Yeah, wow. <laughs> you. And like, you know, it's interesting. It, it, it kind of makes me glad that like until the very end, all these characters are kept separately. Because honestly, if you put Sean Connery and Jenna Rollins with most of these other actors, they're just going to act circles around them. Like they have such like power and such gravity that like, you know, if you put, you know, Sean Connery interacting a bunch with, you know, even Dennis Quaid, who's a talented actor. Like, it's just going to be like, eh, well, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's not going to pick up the bat and be like, let me tell you another fucking crazy character I've got in my head. Like, you know, right, you can't yeah. do it. Uh -uh. <laughs> this is neither here nor there, but I, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this, uh, like, was it a couple weeks? I guess a week after Avengers, the, the crazy, uh, Dennis Quaid home invasion movie where he's like oh, obsessed yeah, with that. Right. <laughs> I I've had the pleasure of seeing Dennis Quaid perform live music here in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, it's not dissimilar from how he looks as the home invader on stage. It just looks <laughs> insane. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely, but so what, what about you? Is there, have your favorites switched as far as like the segment of the movie? Um, like, you know, I, it's interesting because I, I end up liking the the Dennis Quaid segments a lot more now than I did when I first watched it. Like I well, had a different reaction when I first watched it. You're single and you're going out yeah. and telling all these crazy stories. Yes, <laughs> just lies, <laughs> lies everywhere. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is because the first time I watched it, I you know like the rest is very romantic comedy stuff, and you're like, oh, this really connects with me. I really get this. And then you have this other plot line of this like weird guy who keeps like, what's real? I don't understand. And now that you have like the full backstory behind it. Like it, it's, it's a lot more resonant and it's just like, Oh, I understand what he's doing, especially when you have 
this recurring theme of the women in this family wanting their men to be creative and to think outside the box and not be an anger ball. And you could see that that is what he's trying to do. You know, he's trying to do that for her. And I think that's really moving. But as far as like the, it's interesting because there's only like real, two real quote unquote romantic meet cutes in this movie, right? You have the, the, the architect subplot and then you have the, the club kid subplot. Mm -hmm. Like those are the ones that are brand new. Um, and I think when I first watched it, I think the Gillian Anderson storyline, I really liked, I really liked that meet cute, but I think a lot of it is just cause I was probably in love with Gillian Anderson, which I still am. So that, you know, it was just like, Oh, I'm here for this. Like, this is so great. I'm catching up with younger you. Cause now, yes. now from, that's, that would be me. Whereas previously I was the, you know, hormonal teenager. I was like, yeah, she's nice. Uh, Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider, bring that over. Yes, I will take that. <laughs> So it's interesting. We've completely switched because I think my my favorite meet cute is the is is the club kids. Like hmm. I think I think that well, stuff really works. You're single again, and you're out. Yes. Probably. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I don't know which one of us has evolved or fallen back. I feel it's like a little bit of both. Like I, yeah. I feel like we're both out of our natural states. <laughs> true. We've just we've just swapped. That's... <laughs> It's like the uh, elongated Freaky Friday that <laughs> story is, of Mike and Dave. It's weird. <laughs> the playing by heart is the connection there. I will, I mean, at least, you know, we all agree that John Stewart's kind of mildly creepy, though. That's not, yeah, not yeah, changed. I agree. I mean, there are, it's, it's interesting because I think there are, he does have some really good lines. Like, there are some really good one liners in there. And it just, you know, I like John Stewart, especially now, but I like, I do feel like I wish it was someone else saying those lines. Like, his, you know, his whole quip of like, you know, my house is black tie only is, is very cute and very funny, but like his, just his kind of pompous nature throughout this whole thing. Like he very, he seems to like Lord his quote unquote maturity over, over mm. her. Like this kind of like, you know, I don't want, I can get laid whenever I want. I don't just want sex. I'm 30. Like, it's very, <laughs> like, okay, like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, That's weird. Cause I think both of us, like, you know, as we're uh, heading into, this is 40 territory. It's like, nah, sex would be good. already there, my friend. <laughs> right, this see, is 40. That, yes. that is so amusing <laughs> because uh, I think I've forgotten multiple times. I just always think, assume you're younger than me. Cause I'm just like, God, I'm, I'm fucking old, man. I'm fucking old, and I'm just, I'm just a terrible, miserable <laughs> sack of human flesh. Now that I'm single, it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To schedule around anything, like when do you want to record? Now, now's good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Maybe that's a. I guess it is. Divorce keeps you young. I guess. <laughs> That depends on how the divorce goes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that as a, a rule that you could etch into stone. I, you know, usually by the end of our conversations or episodes, I'm like, yeah, we're the wrong people. We're doing a romantic comedy podcast. And like, Not this time. The subtitle, <laughs> Divorced Keeps You Young. I don't know. How many clicks would that earn? I'm sure there's some like, groups, some support yeah, groups that'd be all about I like it. it. I don't know. I think that this one, maybe what I like about it is what other people wouldn't wear. Most of the characters, like you're talking about John Stewart, it, it could be handled with <laughs> a little more grace, uh, a little more dignity there. But I mean, pretty much all the characters, we're checking in with them when they're being straight shooters, for better or worse. Sean mm -hmm. Connery, Angelina Jolie. Um, I guess, you know, Madeline Stowe is not. She's being a straight shooter about how she feels to other people about her husband. Right. She has one sequence, which kind of comes out of nowhere where she gets just sort of brutally honest with her priest lover. And <laughs> I think it makes those latter scenes work where you're like, okay, you've said all this. 
you've already got it sort of formulated. Right. Just say it. The other person just wants to hear it so much. And that's the one time they refrain. Maybe that's the relationship that works the best then because the other ones, the other ones that does come across as like a little too easy in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all carry that baggage of things we wish we could or should have said, and you're getting to live the fancy where it's like everyone has the hard talks like immediately. They just get it out of right. the way and see how easy it is. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think I have a take this waltz. Have you seen that? The Sarah Polly movie? Oh, not yet. It's been on my list. Like it's one I've okay. been meaning to watch. So but... I finally checked it off. <laughs> you should watch it. You know, you're, you're divorced. Don't watch it with your wife. Don't, don't, <laughs> unless you, you know, you want to have like a hard conversation or you want to have the Madeline Stowe, Dennis Quaid sort of awkward glance at each other, like <laughs> things unsaid. And of course, being me, I don't have that conversation with my wife, but you can check out Projecting Film. I have it with Chris Maynard. And, oh, and that he, makes sense. he talks me through <laughs> marriage. See, I think, I think the, you know, you bringing up like who has the hard talks and who doesn't, I think who does and who doesn't in this movie makes a lot of sense. Like I think when you are just starting a new relationship, sometimes it's easier to talk about those hard truths. Like it's just kind of like, this is who I am. And because like I am new to you and you are, you know, infatuated with me, it's easier to have this conversation. Well, that, that backfired a lot on me when I was single. Cause I would do that same riff and I would even open saying, Hey, this is like being on a talk show. You give me your best 10 minutes, I'll give you mine. <laughs> Hang out the freak flag. <laughs> like, you're just, you know. I want you to know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> and all the things like, I want to get into. But, like, I think it's easier to do it then rather than, you know, you have the the Madeline Stowe relationship where they've been together a fair amount of time and they've had their troubles and they've, they're disconnected from one another. Or when you have the, you know, the Sean Connery, Jenna Rollins, you know, things where, you know, they've been together forever, 40 years, and now things are coming out and things are painful and these things have to be talked about maybe before one of the people in this relationship is no longer alive. Like we got to have a great line gotta, from Rollins. You couldn't have <laughs> held couldn't that. Have died without telling me that. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, that's some of the, uh, presumably the sexiness of being a senior citizen in a long-term relationship is that <laughs> the grave is around the corner. <laughs> that's right. This might be your last shot, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think that I would be ideally suited for that that age for a senior of citizen relationship because mm-hmm. I could you know I I play Madden my game is to hold the ball you know ground and pound <laughs> run out the clock ground and pound that's it will, an interesting choice well th- we live in a you know an age of medical wonders and there will be there will still be grounding and pounding <laughs> and a lot of sleeping involved <laughs> that's the life man. That's- Eat, sleep, and fuck. That's it. Do That's you think like senior citizens get more like into their like sort of our base like animal tendencies in that way? That like you know, once you remove like if you're retired, going to the job, you know, lay about. Hundred percent. Have some have some intercourse where you're not even looking at each other. You're just you have the, just like, pounded it out. You're just sort of looking off. <laughs> Look at that chair over there. <laughs> Look, I hope so, Mike. I hope so. I hope that that is what it's well, like. Well, I mean, you've got to go. You've got to do your club kit thing all over I know. again. Yeah. Ugh. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I have to it. admit, I'll just, you know, this is, we'll just, we'll just, since there's no real, we've been like sort of personal over the whole episode here, uh, which probably makes this one a quick exit for most listeners. Like, oh, I thought they were talking about the movie <laughs> and now they're, <laughs> they're talking about their sad lives. <laughs> but... I had, you know, looking at your, and I only occasionally open Twitter. And when I do, 
I'm only checking like five accounts, which you're one of them. And I'm like, all right. Uh, the list. Well, like, I mean, basically, the Twitter app is basically like me opening. Here's a portal to Dave's mind. That's basically so like how horrifying for you. No wonder you never open it. Look, man, I wouldn't either. Jesus, you can only handle you know one rep a week, basically, and then you yeah. have to escape. I, you know, you uh, out there in the dating world. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I have no idea what you're listening to. I have no idea what you're like, you know, what apps you're using, what your day-to-day existence is. It's terrifying. It is. It's, you shouldn't be terrified. <laughs> Stay with that perfect woman that you're with, Mike. Cause... Well, I can't. I, I got to stop watching stuff like Take This Waltz. I've got to. What? Yeah. I, okay. Here, here. Keep it light, buddy. Keep it light. <laughs> let's let's do the bizarro version of how we end this podcast instead of ending personal because that's been too much of that. Keeping it light and in the realm of rom-coms, what, what is something that we should cover that I could watch with my wife that will not <laughs> challenge the, you know, our very own identities as like a unit, as a couple? Hmm. Now that is a good question. Because hmm. there's, there's a lot of romantic comedies I like, and I fear that the ones that I like, it's going to be, you know, we, we talked off mic about... You know, things like Suspiria, where I'm like, oh, Mike is going to fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah, let's stay I away from that. Um, because, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind is because one of my favorite uh, romantic comedies is French Kiss. Uh, Meg with, Ryan? Uh, Kevin Klein and Meg Ryan. Okay. Okay. So so that's a good one. That one keeps it relatively light. Still deals with a couple heavy topics. But Was he it's a not Frenchman? Making you... He was a Frenchman. Yes. Okay, so and... we're, we're way off from me. You listener, you hear me? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Frenchman. I'm not Kevin Klein doing a French accent. Yeah, it's, it's you know, so that would be a good one. That's I a, think. That is good because Meg Ryan is like some alien being that lives on like the rom com planet. She does. Anytime she does something different, I'm like, mm. so I, th- I think there's enough distance there. French kiss. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other that uh, that that would really keep it light for you. Um, See, where's French the problem Kiss is- on your Twitter feed? That uh, at least I would have some. I would understand. Where's it like <laughs> Sunday afternoon watching French Kiss? <laughs> Well, I mean, the reason you don't see things like that is because I own and have seen French Kiss, and I have like 200 movies like on my hard drive. How I'm trying to watch. program your Twitter feed, where I'm like, make it make more sense to me. Make it happy. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with you? Get it together. Uh, yep. I mean, much. you could also go like classic, classic, classic romantic comedy, like stuff like the Philadelphia story. Like, I think that's removed enough and silly enough and fun enough that you wouldn't have to, you know, deal with anything real. God forbid, Mike, I wouldn't want you to have to have a real conversation with your wife. Like that's <laughs> No, that's I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, if people could see your face. Oh, God, <laughs> the well, horror. <laughs> I hope that came across, but uh, no, no, that's. That's where problems come in, Dave. Roger. What do you want? I don't want much. I just want more of you. I can't give you that. Roger. Don't be an anger ball. An anger ball? Don't you see? What's great about you and me right here this very moment is that we don't come through that door with a lot of baggage. We don't come through that door with any baggage at all. And aren't we lucky? We don't bring anything in, and we don't take 
anything out. It's extreme, right? Like, and playing by art has that. To just bring it back to it, the extreme of not talking about like anything, like like Dennis Quaid, Madeline Stowe, you like it's like painful to watch them and it seems painful for them to even like talk about established weekend plans for her parents. Like, you know, renewal of their vows on Saturday and her eating an apple in the kitchen, or <laughs> you can be Angelina Jolie. And as cruel intention says, you know, I don't just tell my life story over like, you know, a Coke, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Did you know, like, I uh, I took a, I don't think I sent it to you, but I came out of the theater. I don't remember what me and Brittany were watching, but I came out of the theater and I didn't, you know, I wasn't like keeping up with these type of things, like these specialty events or like re-release patterns. Walk out to go to the bathroom, staring across from me, the little marquee above that screening room, Cruel Intentions. They did a 20th anniversary wide re-release of Cruel Intentions. And I, <laughs> I'm the creeper. Uh, that walked in to verify that that was actually happening, and is took. This, is this I took a picture with my phone, and when I got back from the restroom, went to my wife. I'm like, "Look, what's happening? Like near us? Look at the freak! There were people in there. <laughs> you can watch that. Who is coming out for the 20th anniversary of Cool Intentions? Jesus. So I just, you know, you asked like, what movie should we program? Should we watch? I think there's one we definitely shouldn't if you don't want to have those troubling conversations. Okay, good. Uh, and this is a movie that I rail against anytime anyone talks about it on Twitter. Like I can't help myself. But about time, that's the one oh. you should know. So. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting pick. My wife loves that movie. Well, she okay. needs to. She needs to think about the repercussions of uh, what these men are doing to the to the women in About Time. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, no, that's actually interesting. I don't think that. I think. Well, you and I definitely think about it, but I feel like even progressive women types that you see online, uh, even if they point that out. Like, in, and I'm not talking about about time specifically, but any movie where it has that sort of like, you know, if you put this in the real world, nah, it's a little, it's, it's icky, but you kind of, you know, it's a speed it's bump the definition of icky. You kind of like have the, to get over it. Right. Like, don't you, I mean, to get to the sweetness. Yeah, you have to. And I just can't with that one. That's the one where I just can't. That's get interesting. Over I would like to talk. I think, about I think a lot do. of it is because there's a lot of people online that, um, not only enjoy about time, but like get very angry when you don't <laughs> so, really oh yeah yeah huh. absolutely there's some very staunch defenders of about time i did not uh, know that and i i think i've met them all uh because they all hate me now so that's fine <laughs> I, I should do like a uh, uh like a something i would never do for a podcast which is actually Go like, on twitter put what well, there's first step one <laughs> you know it's you know it scares me uh but <laughs> actually conduct you know multiple skype calls with people Oh, geez. That's a lot of work. Yeah. It's... I'll just take your word for it that people hate you. I'm like, okay, I understand that. Yeah. I've I mean, talked to you wouldn't... before. I hate me too. I get it. It's fine. But for this, like, there are much better reasons, man. That's strange. Talk to me for 10 more minutes. You'll find much better reasons about to hate me. About time is a movie that I'm just like, if I saw it on HBO, I'd be like, well, isn't that a pleasant one? Should we just have it on the background? I, you know, I don't see a blood feud coming on about about time. There's a blood feud for everything on Twitter, buddy. This is <laughs> this is why you should continue. Except to for this fucking movie, I bet. I bet you no one gives a shit about what we're talking. Well, about. Well, no one has seen it. <laughs> Damn it! Fucked again. It's those movies, especially when like you look at the cast, it's amazing that no one has seen it. Because for 1998, like this is a stacked cast. Like this is huge, and it was just like I remember when I saw it in 
in uh, like just about the time I was finishing high school. So this was like probably right when it came out on video. I looked at the I looked at the DVD box and I was like, how have I not heard of this? How have I not seen this? Like, I like everyone in this movie. How is this not more known? And probably because it had like a nine dollar budget, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I've already made fun of the sets. I I think it's uh, <clears throat> you know, ageism coming into play there because there, are, there's some really fucking shitty '90s movies that have like come back in a big way, or people are just like okay with proudly like wearing them like a badge of honor. Uh, Empire Records, which I fucking hate. I hate that movie. I hated it when I was like you know. 13 years old whenever you know it first came out and i'm like man this is stupid and lame anyone who likes it is fucking lame i think there's like a there's like a four-year age range um of people who really really like that movie like i think you had to be like like a junior in high school to a sophomore in college like that was the sweet spot for empire records and if you were younger than that or older than that it's like mm, i guess i was i was i mean i guess it was was just outside of that on the cusp i thought it sucked uh and reality bites is another one that I thought yeah, I like both of those. I movies. thought it sucked. <laughs> um, and I remember at the time, uh, that, that was like, where my crush on Ethan Hawke started. So I have, well, he's, you know, actually a lot of the individual like people in that. I like, I almost like every character in reality bites. I just don't like them together. I, like the movie. <laughs> I can see that. That's totally uh, valid. Yeah. Cause yeah, you got Groffalo, you got, well, they're Ron. all kind of poisonous when they come together. That like, is true. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That's probably worth a rewatch. That's actually a good point. Um, and then the sad thing is I'm talking shit about it. I'm pretty sure I own it on iTunes because it was five bucks and I'm like, I'll do a podcast on it I'll one day. Eventually. <laughs> I think Empire Records is five bucks. I'm probably like the most Michael Dennison thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm this probably is a piece of shit. Oh, five bucks. Order. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. Never know. <laughs> I'll have an hour. It's just like I'm getting an insight into like what Brittany must deal with on a daily basis. Well, like, yeah, the, the digital aspect doing? of, uh, the life has made our marriage very sound because she doesn't see any actual physical uh, space being yeah, taken up. See? It's um, like, nope, no, yeah. it's just there on the screen somewhere. It's fine. No more bookcases. You're fine. We made it to do reality, do like a combo reality by its empire records. Cause I'm, yeah, it'll just me be on the defensive for like an hour. It'll be great. Well, <laughs> maybe me doing it, for like 10 minutes because i have to defend 10 bucks i wasted so i'd have to find some good points <laughs> a dollar a minute <laughs> that sounds about right and you know steve zahn shows up so you know he's you got, great you got that going great. for you yeah <laughs> ran into him one time and my dear wife tried to get me to turn around to like say hey shake his hand I'm like, I'm busy. I'm talking about my podcast. <laughs> the, the key here, the lesson you should learn, which I'm sure you have not, is listen to Brittany. This is this is what you should I've have turned taken. it around on her and said she needs to be more vocal. She needs a little more Joan. <laughs> she needs to yell. You or... did tell me it was really important, not just like, hey, honey, <laughs> but like, you know, make your voice heard. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, listen to us. <laughs> a divorced <laughs> man and a <laughs> presumably soon to be divorced man. <laughs> Uh, talking rom-coms <laughs> grand gesture good episode dave yeah i like it we did good <laughs> you really didn't sleep with her of course not. and you didn't want to sleep with her oh good god yes i did <laughs> the amount of time that it gets into like there's like probably a solid 30 minutes of self-loathing like in that self-loathing and the other one agreeing like yeah you should loathe yeah, yourself you are <laughs> That is true friendship right there. That is. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. Yep. It's pretty good. <laughs>